You're listening to Colonel Holler, Season 2, Episode 3, Dead to Rights. Nita. Hey, Nita. Be awake. Oh, Chip. I was dreaming about sleeping, and you ruined it. I'm sorry, but it's almost time for my new car commercial. It comes on right after the witching hour, which is not a good TV show in case you were wondering. Here you are, Nietzsche. Reanimate yourself with black coffee, but do not spill it. It enrages the sofa. Thanks, Roddy. Why don't you come sit with me so we can be mortified together? Indeed, Benita. Only gallows humor can save us now. All right, pipe down, you two. Here comes the commercial. Chip clearly, and I'm invisible. But my incredible deals are plain to see at Chip's Car Corner, now open in downtown Kirtle Holler. Let's go! Are you naked in this car commercial? It's only a crime when he removes the sunglasses. Here come the cars. We've got all your favorite models like Pinewood, Bone Shaker, and Mitsubanshi, and prices so low they're six feet under. But I haven't a penny to my name, Chip. Can I still get financed? Anyone can get financed. It doesn't matter if you're a dirt broke, elderly zombie who shouldn't even be driving. We'll get you in a plan to pay off your car in just 400 years. That's so long you'll forget you're paying me. Sounds good. Sorry, Roddy. That was embarrassing. Save your pity for what's coming next. I'd like to hear from a philanthropy. How about a testimonial from Benita Von Wingenkamp, star of something or other on Bluetooth? Hey guys, it's me, Nita, and when I'm not making hairdo videos on the computer, I'm driving a classic hearse from Chip's Car Corner. Uh, Chip? Chip? Come in now and get a free oil change from one of our award-winning service technicians. This car's on its last legs. Time to amputate. We're located behind the boutique gift shop just off the winding road on the edge of sanity. But hurry now, because my cars are vanishing! Well, that was embarrassing. How long until our meeting with Albert? Four hours and twenty minutes. Four hours until the meeting. Four hundred years to erase my shame. You could pay off a car by then. Y'all in.
thank you all for attending this emergency meeting of the Public Safety Committee. I would also like to thank the library for allowing us to use meeting room C, which has the media cart that we prefer above the others. It's good to be back in meeting room C, the place where heroic stuff has happened. And you were awake for about half of it. We do have a full agenda this morning, if you could please refer to your information packets. Uh, I, I just want to say I come in early to pass out the pencils. Ain't a person in this room shouldn't have a pencil. Chip, pencil. Pastor, pencil. Bonita, pencil. Yeah, y'all all got pencils. I'm going to use these pencils to write about you in my gratitude journal. Okay, we can cross that off the agenda and move on to the next item, which Bonita, the town secretary, will now read aloud. Okay, I don't know why you guys think I'm the secretary. I didn't volunteer. I don't want it. I'm not even very good at it. I basically just write my name really pretty and draw bats and stuff around it until the meeting's over. Even so, you're very good at keeping us on task. <coughs> Fine. Item number two. Recap of terrifying events. In the past week, two of our citizens were murdered in broad daylight with a cacophony music box, a rare and deadly- I know the answer to this one. It was the collector and, uh, uh, that mummy fella. Donald Von Snail. That's it. <laughs> no wonder we the law around here. They do make a good team. Oh boy. We also know the second murder transpired inside the church annex building, which means anyone outside the church at the time of the murder is probably innocent. That's me. I'm innocent. I am happy to confirm that everyone in this room can be ruled out as the murderer. Congratulations, everyone. Right? But that means that we have to interrogate our friends who were inside when the murder happened. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was going to say all that. It's an excellent observation, Bonita. I came to the same conclusion, and that brings me to our next agenda item. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Item number three, Albert's action plan. Given time constraints, I would like to propose that we divide our investigation into multiple action teams. Team Boutique! Since Mr. Munch and the deputy have experience with church affairs and law enforcement, I wonder if you two could examine both of our crime scenes. I'll use my giant magnifying glass to hunt for question marks. And I'll search for bullet holes. I mean, you know, ones that's different from the size of the ones I could have made. While all that's going on, I'd like Chip and Bonita to use their investigative reporting skills to interview suspects at the jail. Sure thing, Albert. And, uh, by jail, do you mean the repurposed millinery? You should find several hats to help you look the part. You know, this may sound like an obvious choice, but I think I'm gonna wear the fedora. I don't know, Chip. I think they only have one, and I kind of know where it is. You're an evil woman, and everybody knows it. All right, come on, y'all. Let's get serious. Let's listen to Albert now. This is his meeting. Thank you, deputy. As a member of Action Team 3, I will visit the news station to discuss my BooTube tax proposal, which we will need to secure our data for Black Hat Etherweb users. I'll say a prayer for your unpopular tax idea, Mr. Ghost. Thank you, Mr. Munch. Nita, does that conclude our business this morning? I think that's everything, Albert. We're ready to work. All right, well, let's adjourn for now, and we'll compare notes when the day is through. Uh, Pastor? Yes, Deputy? 
I wonder what you was gonna say about me in that gratitude journal. Check out my fedora, Anita. I look just like a big city detective. More like a crooked cop because you stole my hat even though I called it like an hour ago. And just so you know, the only reason I'm letting you wear it is because I found a much better hat. Excuse me, gentlemen. I'm an international lady of mystery and my helicopter just arrived. I know we just started, but I'm calling this investigation a huge success. Yeah, except now we have to interview the suspects, which is going to be pretty awkward since it's basically all our friends and we have to accuse them of murder. That's true, but then again, maybe they shouldn't have been in the church that whole time. Good point, Chip. Anyway, it looks like our first interview is in hat closet number three. You ain't got to say nothing, Marco! These old top hats are trying to get you in trouble! It's cool, everybody. My record is clean like gasoline. Ooh, y'all hear that? It's clean like gasoline. That's cool, Marco. You should say that at school. It's not cool. If it was cool, I would have known about it. Make it easy on yourself, Marco. Tell us what happened, and we can all move on with our lives. Maybe your mom did it. She would never do that kind of thing. Nita, don't write this down. Are you comfortable, Count Fangula? Do you have enough snacks? Sensei Count Fangula. You know, Sensei Count Fangula, you're awfully adept at punching a hole into that drink pouch. Maybe you did the same thing yesterday, when you were thirsty for mummy blood. Chip, you wound me with these wild accusations. Besides, wasn't he murdered with a music box? I'm concerned neither of you seem to know this. That's very disturbing. Okay, who's the detective here? Fibula, we're sorry we had to bring you downtown. It's just that we know from TV we're supposed to interview the spouse. Don seemed like a nice guy. We're very sorry for your loss. Thank you. I am so many tears since he died. He always knew just what to say. He was a good communicator. Now Miss Weaver says I have to join Weaving Circle and it will be a terrible disaster. Which is why cameras will film the whole thing. This is awkward, Fibula, but we have to ask you about the fortune. Did you maybe kill him just a little so you could, you know, get all that mummy money? No. I talk about killing him for money all the time on TV, but my producers say, Fibula, you have strict prenup agreement to not do this. Now Pyramid is gone along with casino and gift shop. I guess all she has left now is her own humongous fortune. You're a hero, Pumpkin. Nobody denies that. But is it possible, during all that time on Earth, you were somehow changed by your exposure to the sins of living people? What did you actually do on Earth, Pumpkin? When I was on Earth, I walked like this. Is this going better or worse than you expected? Simon, you just don't seem like a nice guy to me. You don't get along with others, you have tons of enemies. And you smell! She said not to mention that part, but here we are! The point is, we think you have lots of motive. 
You were in the church when Don was killed, and everybody remembers how you flipped out on the collector when he said you summoned knockoff voodoo dolls. You bumbling bimbos are wasting your time! And worst of all, you're wasting mine! And yet you never answered the question. If I committed a crime, you would know it! Because this whole town would burn as a symbol of my own incandescent rage! But I didn't do it because I'm very busy. Make sure you write that part down. What do you think, Chip? Do we have a person of interest? I'm somewhere between everybody's innocent and they're all guilty as sin. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. Looks like our next interview is Mr. Goliath, and I actually managed to get us an appointment with Henry Vex. That one's going to be weird, I think. I'll get the car. I wonder how Albert's doing at the studio. Huge fan, Albert. The whole portal thing was a classy move, but we're running behind, so I'd like to get started if we could. I have always believed that efficiency is a virtue. That's what I always say, so let's get to it. Here's what's gonna happen. Atherton's gonna come out, you're gonna shake hands, yada yada yada. You'll be fine if you stay on your toes. Uh, Atherton's a talented newsman, but he's been in something of a mood since he came back through the portal. A bit of a chip on his shoulder. Oh dear, I hope he's nice to you, Albert. That was supposed to be candy corn in my dressing room. Where's all the candy corn? I would offer you some of our candy corn, Mr. Slasherton, but I consumed it all during an anxious malaise. We hope that wasn't your candy, Mr. Slasherton. Atherton, I want you to take a deep breath. There must have been some kind of mix-up. We're gonna find you some more candy. You're burying the lead, Ratbone. Caretaker Ghost ate all my candy corn, and it's the crime of the century. Atherton, I believe we got off on the wrong foot. You'd better know your stuff, Ghost. I'm gonna bludgeon you with some very hard-hitting questions. You two have great chemistry. Just try not to bum us out, all right? Okay. I'm gonna talk about the appendix. Well, what do you think of my new pergola? I can honestly say this is the best pergola I have ever seen. He has never seen a pergola, and he doesn't know what it is. Yes, I gathered as much when Chip arrived wearing his swim trunks. It looks good with the hat, though. I like both your hats. Thanks, Mr. Goliath. Uh, where's Goliath? Digging in the yard. He buried something, but can't remember where. You know, lots of things get buried in a yard. Take bodies, for example. Slow down, Chip. We're supposed to ease into the questions, remember? I know. I'm just nervous because he's our friend. Our remorseless, homicidal friend. Hush! We don't know if that's true. Anyway, I'll assume you're whispering about my purgatorarium. It's the only way to view purgatory if you really want those grays and tans to pop. And I got a great deal on the liminal glass. That's very interesting. Did you also get a great deal on wood stain? Or was it free because your pergola is stained with blood? Of course it is, Chip. It's blood stain, the only kind they sell at Bone Depot. Hi, Mistress of Misterinos. It's me, Nita. We now know that Mr. Goliath purchased blood stain at the Bone Depot, which is a 36-minute drive from Colonel Cadaver's Pizza. Coincidence? We can't be sure. Well, think about it while I get us some more salsa. I like the kind with chunks in it. No, wait, you know what? Surprise me! 
Uh, Bonita, I don't know what you're doing over there exactly, but can I help you? What? No. I was just testing my makeup powder. Yep, looks powdery. Got some good, strong makeup here. Yes, of course. The only reason I ask, you see, is because it looks like you're dusting for fingerprints. I'm not, though. All right, let's level. I appreciate your subtle attempts to investigate me for murder, but you're very bad at this. And you'll have to get much better if you want to take down the real murderer. Here's your salsa. Thank, Thank you. you. If you were serious about doing this the right way, you would ask me why I was so brash the night of the collector's murder. And why I'm all of a sudden Mr. Wonderful again. Why were you that way? And why are you this way now? An insightful question, Chip. As I explained earlier, the new dance club was tormenting me with its monotonous rhythms. I was nearly at my wit's end, until Goliath had the fiendish idea to give them all earworms. Enter the club now when it looks like they're moving to the silent commands of a secret master. Fair enough, but you were also in the church when Don Von Snap was killed, right? Did you see anything that could help us? Tragically, no. I must have passed out from the trauma. Okay, but who would you guess is the murderer? Well, you know me, I'm not one to gossip about the deliciously sordid lives of rich people. But I happen to know that both Don and the Collector consorted with some very strange customers. Particularly one man named Henry Vex. We have heard of this man. We have an appointment to see him later today. He rarely shows his face, but is well known in the black market for arcane goods. In fact, I suspect it was his shady consortium that plagued us with those awful dancing flowers last year. Thanks. That's a really good tip, actually. We could write that one down like it's real information. Sounds like you're on the right track, friends. Henry Vex will never see you coming, unless you're wearing those hats. Then he probably will. Uh, Benita? Are we sure this is the right address? Well, the direction said to lie down in a pair of coffins by the river. Right, I remember that. Fall through a pneumatic tube. Mm-hmm. Take the third hatch on the left, hurl yourself into the guillotine basket, fall out, then race through the shrinking hallway until we reach a door to a room with a piano, play Ghost of John to the best of our ability, and then enter the door that says, Danger, keep out of Vexco Laboratory. Does that sound familiar? Do you remember any of that happening? I mean... It rings a bell. This is definitely the place, Chip. But it looks like nobody's been here in a really long time. Most of these experiments are unfinished. I don't know. Some of these look pretty good to me. Remember joy buzzers, Nita? Everybody loves a good joy buzzer. I don't think they do, actually. Plus, that's an exploding joy buzzer. You might want to read the package. Caution. Only funny one time. There you go. Try not to get vaporized while I check out this old computer. Fake vomit, fake poop, fake spill, electric gum. I want to stay here forever. Hey, Mistress of Misterinos, it's me, Nita. This week, I'm hacking a terminal inside the old Vexco laboratory. I'm trying to find company records, but all I'm seeing is stuff like Grime Sweeper, Goth Prompt. This thing must be older than I am. Nita, can I use this fake nail polish on the keyboard? What? 
Never mind. It's blood. It's my blood. I touched something bad. Okay, I, I think I found something. These look like purchase orders. I'm gonna put it all on my universal thumb drive. Hey, Nita. I need you to help me open this ordinary can with absolutely nothing in it. Fine, let me see it. Careful, lady! Uh, Chip, was that you? I thought that was you. Really? You thought that was me? It was me, Henry Vex! And you almost opened a can of snakes! You're Henry Vex? What are you? What does it look like? I'm a brain in a jar on top of a race car! I've got four-wheel drive, a charge time of 90 minutes, I can reach speeds of up to 20 kph, and claws come out of my wheels when I hit rocks. There's no interface for any of it because it's all controlled with my mind. It's like I made you in a dream. Thank you! I can see you kind of have a face, but how are you speaking to us? Is it telepathy? Because if you're reading our minds, I've got some really special thoughts for you. No need for that, I've got a speaker. I just forgot to open the spit guard. That was a good one, Vex. We love a good prank, don't we, Nita? Uh... But sometimes your pranks get out of hand, don't they? They're less, gotcha this time, and more, call the coroner, this guy died from a prank. That's right, you're my 5 p.m. appointment. Chip Clearly and Bonita Von Wangenkamp. You run the boutique with Rochester McCobb. You know, I used to do a lot of business out of your store until that old zombie stopped carrying my product. Well, maybe the name Vexco doesn't have the same charm it used to, especially when it's plastered on the side of a lethal music box that already killed two people this week. I don't know anything about that. Doesn't sound like one of my products. At Vexco, we celebrate mischief of the highest order. We find out what would kill a person, and then dial it back like 2%. But what if you're bad at math, and made something like the cacophony? And maybe now you're trying to cover it up so we won't send you to the hat factory. That's what we call jail now. Hold on, I need to turn around. It's kind of a hard maneuver. Just cut your wheel this way. No, this way. Think down with your right brain, and right with your left brain. There we are. We never sold an item called the cacophony. A singing big mouth bat, dancing flowers, sure, but nothing like what you describe. That's interesting because we've seen the cacophony and there was a big sticker on the side that said Vexco. That was a bootleg, a fake, or maybe you're lying to upset me. We have never and would never manufacture such a product. Now that's all I have to say about that. You know the way out. Yeah, we kind of don't though. Okay, Wicked Sigils Ink Spellstone, medium in Tombstone Gray. It says we have two. I count four. Well, hold up a minute, Chip. Is that one Tombstone Gray or is that Graphic Graphite? I don't know. It doesn't have a sticker. Ugh. Chip and Bonita, I brought you a cauldron of hot coffee to help you with your stock take. How was your progress? Thanks for the coffee, Roddy. We need it because our progress is slow. And we're definitely both in a great mood. Nita, I haven't thought about killing you once this whole time. 
And I definitely haven't thought about entombing Chip in the inventory closet. You're both working yourself to a second death. Perhaps we can recruit more of our neighbors to help you with your boutique duties while you devote your attention to the investigation. Rochester, don't say that out loud. It's bad enough we had to put Pumpkin on the schedule, and he's already requesting more hours. Y'all gonna buy something? This is Pumpkin's store. Oh, Pumpkin, look at you behind the counter like a big businessman. Well, thank you. <laughs> I understand your hesitation, Bonita. But in this world, we must decide which worms we allow to worry our corpses. We must be like a grave, deep and purposeful. When our attention is split into too many shards, we cannot find meaning in our pursuits. Rochester, that's very insightful. Well, I uh, admit to gleaning that idea from the large philosophy tome that Chip left in the bathroom. I thought that sounded familiar. So, Roddy, do you think I should also, I don't know, dial back on all my boo-tube nonsense? It is a bit of a distraction from the investigation, Benita. Okay, yes, you're right, I hear you. But do you think it's possible that my BooTube channel is helping me with the investigation? It helps me put together compelling narratives and figure out motives. Like, seriously, we should turn this murder investigation into its own worm cast. Everyone already has a worm cast about murder. Best murder ever, make room for murder, dismember me this way, bon mo on bones. And those are just the ones with the funny names. Well, I wouldn't have to talk about old Earth murders to titillate viewers. That is not the Mistress of Mystery brand. Hey, how many of those white tea lights do you have in that box? Bone white or offal white? Oh, I hate this. And now it's not scanning. Not to worry, Nita. I can scan it with this app on my phone. Uh, that didn't sound great. Let me try again. Hey, watch it there, big fella. Yikes. That one about came out of the phone. Chip, if Belfry Batsinger comes out of your phone and says one word to me, I'm gonna throw this zap gun at you. No. He looks more like that little movie of Princess Leia that comes out of R2-D2. I don't know what this is. Okay, first of all, you need to watch some new movies. But what is this? Do you think there are more spirits trying to hack the ethernet work? I don't know, maybe. I know who would know, but if I say you have to promise not to throw the zap gun at me. No deal. Benita, it's high time the two of you spoke to Batsinger together. He's yet to be ruled out as a suspect. I believe the deputy sheriff is worth talking to as well. Given his history as Belfry's lackey, these murders don't seem to be their brand of mischief. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't bleed them dry of information. Every bit helps. You're right, Roddy. Chip, I think we should interview the deputy sheriff. And Batsinger. I could use a break from the stock take anyway. Let's just go now. Okay, everybody, Pumpkin's in charge. Why y'all gone? Rochester is in charge, Pumpkin. You can be assistant manager, little buddy. Did y'all hear that? Pumpkin just got a promotion. Chip. Colonel Holler, it's mid-afternoon and you need something droning quietly in the background while you take your monster naps. Or perhaps you're stuck in a waiting room while you get an oil change and the front desk person clicked to this station and decided, this will do. Either way, thank you for joining me, I suppose. This is what's happening with Atherton Slasherton. 
In the studio with me today, in these awkwardly sized chairs angled slightly toward one another as though we are old friends, though I assure you we are not, is town caretaker Albert Ghost, who is here expecting to talk about enacting an unfair tax on our precious Ether Network platforms, but whom I will now accost with questions about the serial murderer who is plaguing our town with a haunted music box. Well, I'd be glad to answer any questions you Mr. Ghost. Is it true that a madman wielding a music box has killed two of our beloved citizens and your lead investigator is a bubbling preacher man who is so prone to attacks of the vapors that he has to calm himself with a silk handkerchief that he keeps for that sole purpose? The narrative you've just put forth does not accurately and wholly represent the case, a summary of which you can find on my website. AlbertGhost.eeg slash issues slash crisis hyphen response hyphen deployment. But it's true what I said, Ghost. Admit it. Bumbling is a highly subjective description, Atherton. One might call it an opinion, which I do not share, although in the interest of being factually correct, I will say that the handkerchief thing is true. And he admits it. Next question. Is it true that the killer walks among us and he could be literally any one of us? Not any one of us, with all due respect, sir. We have a number of methods of narrowing down suspects. For example, my technical advisor, Minerva Astrolia, is constructing both deterministic and stochastic models to supplement the more traditional methods employed by the investigation team. And is it not true that your investigation team, besides being led by the aforementioned delicate preacher man, also consists of a spooky hot lady from BooTube and a used car salesman? Chip and Bonita have proven themselves many times to be resourceful. And he admits that too! Next question. Isn't it true that this dopey cruise investigation of the killings is so lackadaisical that the killer is likely right under our noses? Perhaps someone in the same room as us right now? Perhaps even disgruntled news reporter Atherton Slasherton? You don't really fit the profile, Atherton, although your rather pointed line of questioning does raise my suspicion of you by 80%. That's astronomically high! He's wildly accusing me of murder, ladies and ghouls. You saw it here first. I apologize for the misleading statistics. My original suspicion was that there was a 0.2% chance that you were the killer. Now that suspicion has reached a whopping 0.36% likelihood. In case you could not tell, I was using the word whopping sarcastically. I could not tell. You're very boring, ghost. Like an uncle who plays golf. Thank you. Now talk about your stupid thing and make it snappy. Citizens, I am proposing a modest levy on Ethernet work usage to be assessed by the amount of bandwidth consumed by content creators. The more content you publish, the more of this very small tax you will pay. The more followers you have or watchers who tune in, the more you pay. Fascinating. Atherton, that means you won't have to pay very much at all. <laughs> that was a good burn, ghost. Even if you are the saddest set of sheets I've ever seen. Tune in next time when I'll be joined by Botch Lipula of the Real Housewives of Colonel Holler, a guest whose saucy antics won't bore me to tears. Now stay tuned for the afternoon nap movie presentation, Hex in the City, an old movie that is not a classic, starring Erlene Mandrake.
So that's why we're here today, Deputy Sheriff. I know the doctor said you aren't evil anymore. Plus, you were outside with all of us at the balloon release during the Collector's murder, so you have an alibi. Hang on one dang minute there, Chipperoo. I gotta, uh, excuse me. I need to haul her down this here staircase. Junior! Clattery Sue! Y'all knock off that horseplay now! Uh, I anyway, uh, you, you were saying... We don't suspect you of the murders, sir, but Benita and I know that you are a former Kahoot man for Belfry Batsinger, so we need to talk to you. Y'all okay down there? <laughs> Sir, is this a bad time? Oh, heck, when ain't it a bad time? Uh, it's just my weekend to have my kids, and uh, they're pretty wild. Uh, they're still adjusting to things. That's understandable. At least you've got this swell new bachelor pad. I really dig that tie-dyed tapestry. And the puffy chairs pulled up right in front of the TV. Well, thank you. I mean, it's all right living here. Uh, apparently when you get zoop dunked through a portal and live on Earth for a year, your wife just assumes all kinds of things, like how you would want her to be happy and move on with her afterlife. With my former friend and good time buddy Undead Zed, no less. That's terrible, sir. I'm very sorry your wife ran off with your friend. Yes, I miss him so. But speaking of woeful women, where's your bride? You mean Benita? She's not my bride, sir. Well, that's okay, son. Me and Velma wasn't properly married either. It's just a piece of paper. Don't mean nothing. Well, uh, anyway, Benita is outside interrogating old Bad News Batsinger on my bone phone, and that's what I want to talk to you about, sir. Well, shoot. Why is Batsinger coming through the Ether Network to talk to us? Is he actually trying to help us? What are his weird motivations? <laughs> well, I can feel a dang book telling you from what Belfry's thinking about things. That man had more angles than a protractor factory. Y'all quit tussling over that torso! Don't make me cut it in half for fairness. Well, let's hear it. Well, okay. Let me go get us some cold beers and Cracker Jack while we talking. That sounds great. Okay, Batsinger. I don't like you and you don't like me, but let's do this. Well, now, Miss Vaughn Wingenkamp, I like you just fine. You're spirited as a barrel of haunted bourbon. And now you're grossing me out. And I was already grossed out because I just went through a good seven or eight Dysol wipes to clean Chip's phone off enough to even touch it. It's been in the bathroom a lot. He does seem to spend a lot of time in there. Anyway, I know this is awkward because I'm pretty much the one who engineered your downfall when you were here before, but I am really going to try to be civil because I'm doing this for the good of the town. Well now, ma'am, I have a satisfied mind about all this mess. Life has a way of turning topsy-turvy sometimes. I, for one, try not to question why the ultimate Grand Supreme has removed me from Colonel Holler and put me in these here Ether Network lines, but I'm trying to show him my genuine remorse. Oh, that is so typical. You would rather say the ultimate Grand Supreme, the creator of the universe, personally put you into this situation rather than giving a woman the proper credit for taking you down? Well, now, dear, the ultimate Grand Supreme could be a woman, too. He certainly does take the fits of capriciousness. I hate you. Come on now, darling. As my daddy always said, birds of other feathers weather bad weather together. Great! Have him print that on a t-shirt and we'll sell those at the boutique. I know why you want to talk to me. Because y'all think I might have something to do with them old murders shaking up the town. Yes, that is exactly why. Oh, come on now, Miss Von Wagenkamp. I'm trapped in the ether. 
I don't have any of my cronies left in town, and furthermore, I'm far too dignified to arrange piddly little killings like that. It's not my blood. You're a sharp lady. You got sense. You know it don't fit. <sighs> I do know that, but can you at least tell me why you sent us on that wild goose chase with Henry Vex? That dude was a disaster. Well, that's no surprise he wasn't helpful if you and Mr. Clearly come charging in to talk to him like a couple of wild pigs had gotten through the fermenter. Well, I'm not sure if that's how I would describe our tactics, but... Uh, Vex is from the old school, darling. He plays it close to the vest. He ain't about to tell you anything. and let you give him reason to believe you got something on him. My guess is that you didn't. So he stuffed his lip. <sighs> Okay, I begrudgingly admit that you may be right about that. So, uh, thank you. And I guess we need to find something to tie Vex to the cacophony. There you go. Easy as taking a fall. I still hate you, though. So Deputy Sheriff says, do you want to borrow this duffel bag full of old car magazines? And I'm like, rad, I can read these in the bathroom. I mean, in the parlor. And he says, they've all been in the bathroom, don't worry. Where are you going, Nita? I'm getting the Dysol spray for that duffel bag. Mr. Clearly, I'm glad to hear you had a fruitful discussion with the Deputy Sheriff. It seems as though you've gone a long way toward mending the wounds of the past. Rochester, you are so right. I feel like I can now move past that time he put me in jail because of a spoon. Now, how many of these Curdle Holler shot glasses do we have on that dusty back shelf? Fourteen. Meanwhile, Bonita maintained a professional distance from the weirdo she was interviewing and actually got some advice worth following. Yes, Bonita. I admit he was right that the team should have looked for a way to connect Henry Vex to the cacophony before you spoke to him. I'm older than the seven hells, yet here I am learning new things each day. And learning new things is exactly what we're doing back here. While we continue to work on the mind-numbingly boring task of doing inventory, I will also be looking for clues. I'm almost positive there was some old Vexco crap back here. Who could find it in this mess, though? We really should have organized this closet when we got here last year. I'm finding some weird stuff. Look, Nita. Chip, I'd appreciate it if you would not fling spider yo-yos at me. That last one had eggs in it. I thought you liked scrambled eggs. Ugh. Here's a promising stack of dusty old papers. Though quite a few of these seem to be drawings that Pumpkin did of each of us. Yours looks just like you, Nita. Same hair squiggles and wonky eyes. At least mine aren't just blank pages that he signed. Hush, you two. But Nita, here are some old warranty registrations and some old catalogs. Why, I believe this one is the Vexco catalog. 904. May as well look through it. I mean, even though we already combed through the whole database of Vexco products, there was nothing like the cacophony in there. Wait a minute. Who's our cover boy? This guy with the rag curls and the high water breeches. Uh, is that Henry Vex? A much younger, not in a jar Henry Vex? I think it is. And what is he holding? Does that look like an arcane music box? Can it be? The, the cacophony. Vexco Dandy Air and Daddy's Boy Henry W. Vex proudly holds aloft the prototype of the VCO 29 music box. A maddening novelty that absorbs the listener's voice temporarily for merrymaking and mischief. Mark your shop down for a preliminary order today. 
Oh, so that's why Henry Vex was so insistent that the cacophony was never manufactured by Vexco. Because there was only one, a prototype. So he lied to us. Yes, Chip. Though it sounds perhaps more like an evasion or equivocation. So he equivocated to us. Beth, think. So here it is. Our proof that we get to take to his weird house and rub right in his face jar. Let's go. Yeah, right after I get some boneless wings in my face jar. Let's hit up the drive-thru. Then let's go see Henry Vex. <laughs> nice of you to bring these boneless wings and curly fries to my lab. I have a heck of a time with pizza guys getting lost in the maze. Yeah, there were a couple of them stuck in the pneumatic tubes. We gave them a push. But I suspect you didn't come here to pal around. Although I don't really know why. We could have a slumber party where I would let you give me a jar makeover. That sounds fun. You want to have a slumber party, Vex? How about this? Truth or dare? Uh, truth! Isn't it true that you lied to us about the cacophony? Because there was a prototype music box made. Uh, I'll go with dare! Aha! Uh -huh. Now you're trapped in a web of your own making. You can't turn down a dare that was given because you wouldn't say the truth. Now I, Chip Clearly, dare you to ring the neighbor's doorbell and run away. Uh, Chip, you ruined my cool detective thing. You're both kind of annoying! Maybe we should put on a movie. Or maybe we should look at magazines, like this one. We've got your glamour shots right here on this old Vexco catalog. We know that you used to be an old timey man with beautiful curls, and that you once made a prototype of a music box designed to mimic the voices of those who used it. Is that the 90-04 catalog? Sheesh, look at my terrible outfit. No wonder I started experimenting on myself to turn myself into an automoman. So you admit that's you on the Vexco catalog, holding the music box that we know to be the cacophony. Yes, the VC-029 was a single prototype of a novelty that I made in my lab. So you can see I was correct in stating that Vexco never manufactured the cacophony. Then why'd you put the Vexco sticker on there? And then lie to us. That hurt our feelings. I put Vexco stickers on everything. I have a gabillion of those things. Okay, Vex, so allow me to speculate on what happened. You made the prototype mimicking music box. The prototype malfunctioned. The prototype vaporized someone, possibly a lab tech or your beloved pet. It was my parrot! You decided not to manufacture the VCO-29. But how did you lose the prototype? We were having a weirdo garage sale, and it went out the door before I knew what was happening. Some old coot bought it in for a couple of Sousa piano rolls. Then why didn't you ever try to find it? Because I figured the artifact was harmless as long as it passed among collectors in their old piles of rubble. And it was. But I did eventually track it down to the collector. And I hired someone to buy it back from him. But the collector was too suspicious of outsiders. He wouldn't even let my associate into the house kept accusing him of stealing the acorns out of the yard. That sounds like him. Nita, remember the delivery we made where the collector thought we were stealing? You were stealing, Chip. You stole all those loose circus peanuts. Still. So then what happened? I didn't want this to get out, but I, a man of mad science, 
resorted to the fusty old practice of magic to try to get the artifact back. Ooh, did you do sleight of hand tricks to confuse the collector? That's not what he meant, Chip. That's not really magic. Yeah? Then how did this rubber ball get behind your ear? Ugh. I hired a guy to steal it using alteration magic. But the guy never brought the box to me. And the collector got turned into Vesuvian Jubilee. The person who stole the cacophony for you also killed the collector. Who was it, Vex? I don't know his name. I just used the dumb app on my phone. What app? Give me your phone. Here. Oh, your screen has so many droplets of brain juice on it. Gross. <gasps> Chip, look. Spectral Bitter. Check out the username. Uraninkumpoop99. Summoning, Summoning Simon. Simon. The night before the murder, Don Van Snapped was resting in his sarcophagus plagued by horrible nightmares predicting his untimely demise. He woke his wife, Fibula, to ask for a glass of warm milk. The next day, Fibula would be a widow, and Don Van Snap would be rendered into a pile of dust by a maniac with a music box. This is murder time, pals. I'm Fred Fangula. Today we discuss the music box murder with town caretaker Aldridge Ghost. Well, first I was planning on talking about my proposed Ether Network tax levy. Ask me about the appendix. Ah, yes, we may edit those out. And joining me are Giant Eyeball from What Happens in Murder Stays in Murder Wormcast. We're gonna discuss all my theories about the murders. A lot of them are pretty out there. And completing the panel is my neighbor and wild conspiracy theorist, Goblin. Have y'all ever thought the murders was the work of lizard people from planet Zorgon? This episode is going to be pretty rough. Oh, we hate you have to go.